Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. <laughs> The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Another edition of the Fit Down Sports Show, your extra down of sports coverage, right here on the Radio AFS Network, uh, broadcasting via Blog Talk Radio, and syndicated on the on the Arena Sports Network. So, however you may be listening to us, we thank you for listening to the show. Um. Got a big week ahead of us here in uh, here in the sport here in the Fifth Down Sports Show. We got a lot of football to discuss. 
We've got playoffs in the NFL. Some sealed their fate um, this past weekend. Some for the good, some for the bad. We'll go over all of that later on. We'll talk about uh, we got not only the NFL playoffs, but we got the college football playoff going on on Saturday. And then, of course, New Year's De- New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. We've got a lot of bowl games to catch up on. So we've got a lot to do and a lot to talk about. And, of course, if you want to join the program and uh, get your voice heard on your team, talk your team, uh, if they're entering the playoffs, if they're not, what they have to do to get in, we'll uh, – you know, if you want if you want to have that conversation, feel free to call us 646-668-8467. Uh, you know, we always love talking any sport, any team. We'll go anywhere uh with it, but we'll open the show today with um we'll start with a conversation that has been dominating the airwaves today and that was who is the MVP of the National Football League this season? And um you know, it's it's been it's it's basically come down to two players where everybody has drawn the line pretty much and it's Pat Mahomes and Drew Brees. And I've seen a lot of people out there today saying, "Oh, if Drew Brees uh if they give the award to Drew Brees, it's 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 not a um it's not an MVP award. It's it's more of a a career achievement award or something like that." These people, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know where they're going with this because Yes, you could say Pat Mahomes has had a great year. He, you know, he he's the bright and shiny new toy that everybody is in awe with. But Drew Brees has done what Drew Brees always does. And that's throw for a lot of yards, win a lot of games, play really well. And and it's funny people are holding it against him. Oh, the Saints are winning because They have a good defense because Sean Payton's a great coach. They're winning because Drew Brees is the leader of that team. And people could sit back and they could say, well, you know, Drew Brees has thrown interceptions in the last four games, or Drew Brees didn't play well against the Cowboys, didn't play well against this team, didn't play well. Here, here's the fact. Drew Brees, Drew Brees beat the Steelers. Drew Brees beat enough of these teams to to make you say, this is the best player in football. This is the MVP of this team. Drew Brees is what makes the Saints go. You can say that it's Sean Payton all you want, and nobody out there nobody out there is a bigger Sean Payton fan than I am. I've been a Sean Payton fan since he was the offensive coordinator with the Dallas Cowboys under Bill Parcells. That was the guy I wanted to lead the Cowboys down the road. That didn't happen. 
and we see how good Sean Payton is. And Sean Payton is a great play caller. Pat Mahomes has Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a great play caller, great regular season play caller. We'll see how he does in the play. I mean, he's a, a – when you mention Andy Reid and you put him – you know, a lot of people want to put him in the all-time great status. You have to bring up his playoff credentials, which are not stellar. But Andy Reid in the regular season is a is a fantastic play caller. He's he's a guy who likes to take shots. He's a guy who likes a a quarterback that can that that takes takes risks. That's what Pat Mahomes does. And the fact is, Pat Mahomes has playmakers all over the field. Drew Brees has one playmate. You know, has one playmaking wide receiver, and then the rest of the guys are a lot of them are undrafted undrafted players that work their way onto the field think about this this team the saints at the midway point of the season were trying to bring des bryant in because they didn't have enough firepower on offense at the receiver position so they brought des bryant in and he tore his achilles tendon then they tried to bring brandon marshall in they have tried to upgrade the wide receiver position you go to the Chiefs, and you say, wait, they've got Tyreek Hill, probably the most elusive, I would say, best wide receiver in football because of all the things he can do. Not just not just the ability to catch the ball, not just uh, the route running, but you can say Tyreek Hill is, is, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in football right now. He's uncoverable. Pat Mahomes has him. Pat Mahomes has the best tight end in the game right now, Travis Kelsey. So you can sit there and you can go through this and you can play back and forth, you know, Mahomes or Brees. In my opinion, it's got to be Drew Brees. And the case for Drew Brees is not the fact that the Saints are winning all these games. It's the fact that Drew Brees has done exactly what Drew Brees does. He's thrown for a lot of yards. He's spread the ball around. He's done many different things. So, in my opinion, going into week 17 here, I don't care what Drew Brees does. I don't care. I don't care. They've already wrapped everything up. Drew Brees should play maybe a quarter of this game. And if he looks good, you know, you could even give him one drive. If he has one drive against the Falcons, goes right down the field, boom, 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 touchdown. All right, game over. Go go hit the showers. Like I don't need to see any more from Drew Brees. They have nothing more to prove. On the other hand, Pat Mahomes. We'll get into the chief. The Chiefs have a a big game with the Raiders coming up. And how will that skew the coverage of Pat Mahomes later on? If Drew Brees gets pulled from a game and Pat Mahomes gets to go out and light up the Raiders, who are woeful on defense, it, it, is that, uh, you know, are, are people going to start saying, well, look, Pat, look at what Pat Mahomes did. But, I mean, you you just have to go to the big-name games, to me. To me, you just have to go to um, primetime games. Drew Brees. Beat L- beat the L.A. Rams, beat the Steelers. Um, 
it, th- those were the prime time games that he had to play. Did he not play well against Dallas? He did not play. Drew Brees did not play well against Dallas. That's yes. That that is that is that is on his resume too. But then go to the other side. Well, against the Chargers, Pat Mahomes didn't win. Didn't play that well. Against Seattle, against Seattle, got outplayed by Russell Wilson. Against the Patriots got outplayed by Tom Brady in the second half, or in the first half. In the first half, the Patriots waxed them, and that was the end. And against the L.A. Rams, they went back and forth down the field, but Pat Mahomes threw the critical interception at the end of the game. So in in the four biggest games that Pat Mahomes had, he made mistakes. He made errors. Those Those should cost him. But they won't because the media loves the shiny new toy. They love they, they they see Drew Brees and they're like, yeah, we've seen that before. We don't really care. But look at what Pat Mahomes is doing. We we didn't expect this. We we didn't think this was going to happen. So, of course, um, they go out and they and now they've now they've got to try to pump up Pat Mahomes and and knock down Drew Brees by saying, well, if they give it to him, it's just because of his career and because he's never got one and because they feel bad for him. No, it's because Drew Brees has played consistent this year. He has done what Drew Brees does. This is what he does. All right. So that that was the story. Um, that was the story most talked about today, and we had to get into it. Um we had to get into it a little bit. Um, so for those of you that are tuning in and know that we follow the college football, I was watching uh, – we were supposed to watch bowl games today. We were supposed to have two bowl games and spo- supposed to have Boston College versus Boise State to talk about, but that game ended in a weather delay. So that was the end of that chapter. It's kind of ironic that um, it was the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl. Well, what does Serve Pro do? Serve Pro is the company that restores your. They 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 have the commercials all the time. That Serve Pro restores, you know, your house, your business. If they get ruined by a natural disaster. A weather. If you have a flooding, if you have a fire, Serve Pro comes in and they clean it up. Well, in the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl, BC and Boise State couldn't get back on the field due to a weather delay. So um, that will um, that will be interesting. Um, that that was just. So I was looking forward to that game too. AJ AJ Dillon on the first first drive of the game looked really good. Um, and um, you know, so then we got to the second bowl game of the season of the day, and that was Minnesota Georgia Tech. Another interesting game because it was Paul Johnson's last game. 
But Minnesota came out and pretty much waxed them. And like all the other bowl games that we've discussed, we discussed this, this bowl season has been pretty much one team running roughshod over the other team. Um, so in this case, it was Minnesota that came out guns blazing. They jumped on Georgia Tech early and. Anybody who knows Georgia Tech knows the offense. That's not an offense that's going to come back once they're down. Once they're down fourteen, seventeen points, they're pretty much done. I mean, that triple option—they're not going to be throwing the ball that much. They don't have a throwing quarterback to throw them back in the game. So that's um, that's where we sit right now. It's thirty-four to ten with a minute to go in the fourth quarter. And we've got then we've got some time to wait until we get to the Cheez It Bowl, which is Cal and TCU. So uh, we'll be following that one uh, live here during the show. But we have a lot more college football to talk about. So um, oh. So why don't we jump to that? We'll jump we'll jump to college football for right now. Um We'll jump we'll jump into into the college football and get you ready for the college football playoff. Um you know, the playoff starts on sa- playoff start on Saturday. Uh, a big big day for for the college football, we got four o'clock start. All these times are Eastern because that's where I am and that's what I pay attention to. So four o'clock Eastern, we have Clemson. We have Clemson versus Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl. Um, so I want to I want to save that. We'll 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 break that one down a little. We'll break that one down after because I think that's the more intriguing of the two games. Um, then at night, the nightcap is the the nightcap is um, Oklahoma versus Alabama, and a lot of the talk, a lot of the talk about you know Tua's ankle, you know he had surgery following the SEC championship game. I, I really don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Uh, to be honest, I I'm, I'm not a doctor. I don't know, but I mean, from all the things that have been reported, from all the things that I've read, that I've heard uh, Tua say about it, that I've heard Nick Saban say about it, is I I think the tide is in a good position, um, and I really I really don't see how this game. You know, a lot of people think, oh, this is going to be a close game because. The Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Kyler Murray is going to be in it. I really just think this game comes down to if Alabama stops Oklahoma twice. If they stop Oklahoma twice, there is absolutely no chance that Oklahoma has to win this game. They have to score on every possession because – uh, Oklahoma's defense is not going to stop Alabama. I don't care who's at quarterback. 
if Jalen Hurts is back there, he's going to run rough shot over that Oklahoma defense. I have no faith in that Oklahoma defense that they can stop Alabama multiple times. So if Alabama gets two stops, I, I, I this game is over. That game's the game is over, and Alabama is going to run rough shot over uh, Oklahoma. I I think I think we're going to see the dominance of Alabama on Saturday. Alabama is going to prove that they are the best team, and they're going to shut down now. When I say shut down Oklahoma, I mean they're going to hold them to under 30 points. I see that happening. I see Oklahoma getting maybe 27 points. But they're going to give up 45. I mean, they they av- they average something like 40 they av- the average giving up like 40 points a game. So to for Alabama to score 45 is not a stretch in any imagination against this Oklahoma defense. Um, So that's the way I see this game playing out. I think Alabama makes the stops early on, jumps on Oklahoma early. Oklahoma's going to score. They're going to put points up. Lincoln Riley is too good of an offensive coach to be shut out. But they, I think they will be shut down by this Alabama defense. And I would say, um, I would say, I would say Alabama. I would say Alabama wins comfortably. So I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be one of those nail biters where it's going back and forth, and we need a score, a score here, a score there. I think it's going to be Alabama's going to be in control early. They're going to keep control. Oklahoma's going to make a run, but it's just going to be too little, too late. And that defense is not going to be able to make a stop when they need it. Now let's get to the more intriguing game. The more intriguing game is Clemson-Notre Dame. Obviously, I'm in. I'm going to disclose. I am a Notre Dame supporter. I've said this all year. I'm not a fanatic. I'm not a fan of Notre Dame. I, I root for Notre Dame. I watch Notre Dame for the sole reason of I went to Notre Dame High School. We're not even affiliated with South Bend, but they have the same name as my high school, so I go with them. That's that's it. That's where I draw the line. You know, that's where I draw the line with Notre Dame. However, so I want to get that out right away. Now we get to Clemson versus Notre Dame. The big news, of course, in the Clemson uh in, in the Clemson locker room is Dexter Lawrence, their stud defensive tackle, will not be able to play. Um, he has been suspended for taking uh, taking some kind of uh, some kind of a supplement. Um, you know, I, I I I listened to I've been trying to do research on on this. It's such a it's such an odd. You know, name I I I haven't even got. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. It's such a medical terminology, but um, you know the way the way Dabo the way Dabo Sweeney um you know described it in in his in his press conference. You know, 
it sounds to me like some some kind of crazy some kind of crazy thing. Oh, you can get this if you eat too much steak. You can get this if you it's in certain hair creams and body lotions and this that. I mean, he went through this laundry list of things that whatever this substance is, that's how it can get in your body. Like, if that's the case, how well, the next step of this, which the media will never do. They'll never do their job. They'll never go to the NCAA, and they'll never figure this out. They'll just tell you, well, this is a banned substance. Why is this a banned substance? Like, what do, What does this substance do to the body? Like, what it, – it, I – my guess – and again, I'm, I'm, I'm no scientist. I am not by any means qualified to make this statement. I am just – going by the tea leaves of what I see. I think this is one of those masking agents. You know, this is something that could mask the use of performance enhancing drugs. And that's why it's on the banned supplement list because if you test for this, they assume you're trying to cover up something else. That's what I'm going that that's where I'm going with with this story. Um but all you need to know is Dexter Lawrence will not be playing on Saturday. They have filed an appeal, which means if Clemson does win on Saturday, Dexter Lawrence may be eligible for the national championship game. We'll have to follow it. To me, I I, I mean, yes, this is a loss for Clemson. Anytime you lose a big player like a Dexter Lawrence, that that's that's big in itself. The problem is he's just one of five. Clemson has five defensive ends, defensive tackles that they can rotate in. I mean, you they have Clellan Farrell. Guy is a beast. He is going to be a top five NFL draft pick at defensive end. Christian Wilkins on the inside. Christian Wilkins, to me, is the best player on that defense, and he's like – 12th on on the draft boards or whatever. I think he's the best player on that defense. He's what makes that defense go. And he'll be there. So I I don't see this as a big time loss for Clemson. Obviously it would be huge for anybody else to lose their one of their best best uh prospects and best studs on the defensive line, but this defensive line is so loaded. I don't think it's going to be a a big loss for them. I think they can overcome the loss of Lawrence because of how great the other parts are. Now, let's flip this to the Notre Dame side because Notre Dame, I think this is interesting. Brandon Winbush has said after Notre Dame's run, he will transfer, which is the right move for Brandon Winbush. I mean, he's not going to play again at Notre Dame unless Ian Book gets hurt. Um, you know, he did play for Ian Book that last game against Florida State. Uh, he did start the season. He he has done a good job. If he wants to continue his football playing career, it's best to do it somewhere else. I talked about this last week with Justin Reed. Same thing with Brandon Winbush. Brandon Winbush can graduate 
and he can do the Russell Wilson graduate trans graduate transfer start right away. Not you know that that's that's not a bad not a bad deal. You know somebody's going to get Brandon Bush Winbush and do a good job at quarter and I'll give him the same advice I gave Justin Reed last week. Go to the Big 12. Go to any team in the Big 12 because you know you're going to have a you know you're going to have the ability to put up numbers in a conference where we on this show say defense is optional. And if defense is optional, then you're a quarterback, and that's a good thing. You can put up numbers. You can look really good. So, Brandon Wimbush, if you're if you're listening to the show, if any of your cohorts are listening to the show, you're going to transfer. Go to the Big 12. That's where you can make your money. That's where you can uh, push your, your stock. But I want to talk about this from a different point of view here. Before the Dexter Lawrence issue on the defensive line, I was saying this game is going to come down to the first, you know, how Notre Dame handles that defensive line. Can they give Ian Book time to throw the football? Can they give him a pocket to maneuver? Can they can they manipulate the pocket on that defense to get Ian Book in positions where he can make plays? If Notre Dame runs into trouble early, and I mean if they go out there and they realize they can't block these guys, they they might have to go to the bullpen early. And not because Ian Book is a terrible quarterback, not because Ian Book is not up to it. Ian Book is fine. He is a good player. But if you look at, at the roster and you were to you were to say, All right, who's better? on the run? Who can make more plays when the play breaks down? Brandon Wimbush. Brandon Wimbush can make plays when the play breaks down. He can run out of the pocket. You can do some quarterback draws. You can do some other things with him that you can't do with Ian Book. So if I'm Brian Kelly and I'm in that situation, my offensive line is just getting absolutely murdered, which a lot of people think it will. I think they will struggle with that Clemson defensive line because because I believe that Clemson defensive line is so good. If they can get that going, if Clemson is dominating up front, why not? Why not go to the bullpen? Go go to Brandon Wimbush and say, look, we need you for a drive. We need your legs. We need you to extend the play. We need you to get outside of these guys. We need you to set something up. And you, so that's where I think Notre Dame is going to have to go. If again, that's if they're getting dominated. Now, if they can block up front, Notre Dame has has the better skill. Excuse me, has the better skill players when they're on offense. Their wide receivers and their running back are better than the corners and the safeties and the entire secondary of Clemson. So if Notre the the big question of this game is going to be up front. Can Notre Dame block the Clemson defensive line? If they can't, they've got to find another way to move the football. And I think if Ian Book is not having time, the offensive line struggling, I think you've got to go to Brandon Winbush and 
try to figure something out that way. If you wait till the second half, it's going to be too late. I think you've got to do it early. If you notice you're getting dominated early, you've got to go to it. You've got to give it a shot. If it doesn't work, you go back to Ian Book and you say, Ian Book, the game is on your shoulders. We're going to just throw you to the wolves. We're going to throw some quick passes. We're going to try to do other things. But if I'm Notre Dame and I want to sustain offense, I I think Brandon Winbush is the guy who can make more plays. Uh, more plays. He can make the plays break down and and do that more than Ian Book can. Ian Book is more of a drop back, follow the play, um, you know, run pass option kind of guy. Brand, while Brandon Wimbush is drop back, make a guy miss, make a guy miss, and then threaten them with my legs or my arm and open up that way. So that's what I see from Notre Dame on offense. On defense for Notre Dame, this is this is going to be a big struggle. Um, of course, Trevor Lawrence for Clemson, freshman quarterback, first first playoff, you know first playoff game, this is going to be a big-time struggle for him. But what I'm saying in this is um, you know, Notre, this, this is the, the problem that Notre Dame's going to have. Notre Dame's problem with the Clemson offense is not Trevor Lawrence. It's Travis Etienne. Who is going to cover Travis Etienne, the running back for Clemson. That's going to be the big key because the only way Notre Dame can cover him is taking their best player, which is Tavis Coney. I, I, he's the best linebacker that they have. You have to put him and spy Etienne all over the field. Now, one, is that a matchup you want to, you want to take? You know, Etienne probably a better player. Probably better he's much better in space than Coney is as far as making a play and making a tackle. But as far as the second um but it's the the second thing it does, Coney is a great pass rusher. That's gonna take away from Notre Dame's ability to rush the passer, uh, because Coney's so good at that. So in a way, you're taking part of your defense, you're taking the pass rush, which is the biggest part of your defense, and you're kind of you're setting that aside so that you can cover this one guy. Um, and, of course, we know Clemson has other options. We've seen it all year. But ATN is the guy you want to stop on, on Notre Dame. For Clemson, it's going to be figuring out different ways to get ATN the ball handing him the ball, throwing him screen passes, motioning him out into a spread formation, and maybe throwing him some quick screens or having him run some quick outs or an out and up, something like that. Getting him involved early is going to be key for Clemson. Um, as, as I, picked the, I picked the other game already, so I'll pick this one. I think this is a Clemson victory. I think Clemson um, pulls away Later uh, in the game, I think this is going to be a game that goes back and forth for a while. Um, I think it's I think it's going to be a low scoring 
uh, affair early on. It's going to open up in the second half. That's when Clemson's going to take it. I, I see Clemson as a 13-point win here, um, a 13 to 17 point win, but I think the game is closer than that. Like they're going to score late, and it's going to push the score to that. But it's going to be a it's going to be a dog fight the whole. And that's why I saved this one for second because I think this is going to be the better of the two games. So that's so I'm going with Clemson and Alabama. I said it at the beginning of the year. I'll stick with my pick. Um, it's I'm kind of going chalk here, but it's not. You know, it it it's really not a uh, not a hard thing when you look at the rosters. It's not really that much of a stretch to think Alabama and Clemson they've been the best teams all year. So why not? We, you know why not? Why wouldn't they meet in the championship game and? You know, this will be the third meeting for them in a, you know, fourth meeting in a row. Of course, they had the two national championship meetings, um, and then Alabama won last year, so won the game last year. So uh, we'll we'll have we'll have round four of the uh, Clemson round four of the Clemson Alabama. Duel and again, Dabo Dabo did it with Deshaun Watson. Why can't he do it again? Another guy to look at on the Clemson side. I forgot to mention this, but uh, on the Clemson offense is is Hunter Renfro. You know, we haven't heard much about Hunter Renfro all year. This is the guy who caught the, the game-winning touchdown pass from Deshaun Watson. Um, Hunter Renfro is going to be – he's a key to that offense as well. He's the security blanket. If Clemson has him going early, you know it's going to be a good good day for the Clemson Tigers. If Notre Dame can shut down Hunter Renfro, that can really hamper this uh, this Clemson offense. So that'll be, that'll be a matchup to watch out for too. But again – I'm sticking with my pick. I'm sticking with Clemson. I'm sticking with Alabama, and that'll be your national championship. All right, sticking with college football. Let's uh, let's go to let's go to the bowl schedule here. And obviously, we got a lot of really good games coming up. So why don't so we're getting to that? We'll finish the college football, then we'll get into the NFL. Um, Then we'll get into the NFL um, and stuff that's going on. So hold on a minute. I got the wrong. I got the wrong page up. So let's get the stats and info here on the game. And Minnesota is gone final. Minnesota is the winners of the Quick Lane Bowl, um, jumping on Georgia Tech early and. Pretty much beating them into submission, but that so that's where we go from there. We're waiting on the Cheez It Bowl um, out there in California, so we're waiting on Cal and 
waiting on Cal and TCU to get underway uh, in that one. Let's check here. We don't have it. So, all right. So games to watch tomorrow. Well, tomorrow we got another triple header going on. Um, Temple versus Duke early on. Um, this this is the game I I'm Temple's the favorite in this one, but I I'm looking at Duke in this one. I think Duke is the better team. Um, Temple uh, is uh, Temple's head coach has has let let left the position. Um, you know they've got uh, Manny Diaz coming in there. To coach the Owls, so this is kind of a team that's you know in flux right now. Uh, not a good position when you're going into a bowl game, but Duke uh, and I, I'm a big believer in David Cutcliffe. He is quarterback guru, knows what he's doing. I believe in him. I'll uh, I would take Duke in that matchup. Now the afternoon game is probably the best one of all of these games. Miami Miami versus Wisconsin in the New Era Pinstripe Bowl in the Bronx. One it's cool to it's cool to see this game. I mean I know we saw a game at Yankee Stadium earlier in the year with Notre Dame and uh Syracuse. But it's always fun to see uh the baseball stadium turned into um the NFL stadium so uh turned into a football field, so it'll be neat to see that. Uh, the interesting part of this game will be the Miami situation. Miami has gone – they have flip-flopped on quarterbacks. They've gone with um, a – they have flip-flopped their quarterbacks, and now they are going back – they're going back to – they're go- they, they replaced their starting quarterback. They replaced him with the freshman Perry. Now they're going back to the starter, uh, Malik Rogier. Sorry, I was spacing on the name. I had to go back in the memory banks to get it. But uh, Malik Rogier started the season. They didn't like how they started. They flipped to Perry. And then when things struggled, they went back to Rogier. Then they went back to Perry. Now they're going back to Rogier. So. We'll probably end up seeing two different quarterbacks in this game, but um, um, I still think Miami. Uh, I still think Miami's the better team than Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin's been very disappointing this year. I I don't trust Alex Horningbrook in a in a big spot. Um, Jonathan Taylor's had some fumble issues this season. Could be an issue. I, I I really don't think that'll be an issue. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor's a good enough running back where he'll get that under control. Um, but I think Miami's too fast of a defense. They're going to load up on the run. They're going to tell Alex Horningbrook, if you beat us, you if you beat us, you guys can win the game. And I don't trust Alex Horningbrook, so I'm going to take Miami in this one um, in the Bronx. All right, then we got Baylor and Vanderbilt at night in the Academy Sports Outdoor Bowl in Houston. We talked about this when Denise called up and 
if you didn't get to see that program, uh, if you didn't listen to that program, go to our Facebook page. All our programs are there. Again, it's Fit Down, it's Fit Down Sports Show on Facebook. All our programs are there, or go to the Blog Talk radio site. Just type in Fit Down Sports. All the all the searches will come up. You'll see all the programs we've ever done. If you want to listen to a program from last year, you can listen to that. But anyway, um, as we said in the bowl preview, the outdoors bowl is being played indoors in Houston. Doesn't make sense, but that's what it's doing. It's Baylor and it's Vanderbilt. There's not much to talk about in this one. I think Vanderbilt is going to roll over Baylor. And that's pretty much an SEC versus Big 12 uh, matchup, and that's why I'm going with it. All right, Friday. Friday we got some very good – we got a very good triple header. All of these games are exciting on Friday. So let's let's spend some time talking about about these games on Friday because Friday will be – Friday will be a good day for watching college football. Um – and it's Purdue, Purdue against Auburn in the Music City Bowl. Um, if if you haven't seen Purdue yet this year, you'll want to watch for Rondale Moore. He's number four. He's the smallest guy in the field, but he's, uh, I mean, he's just, he's just fun to watch. And uh, Jeff Brom knows how to get him the ball. He's Great play caller. This is a guy who amazingly stayed at Purdue instead of taking another more high-paying job. This is a guy who is going to get a lot of attention going forward, uh, not just not just from other college teams. This is a guy who could be on the pro watch if, if he start you know if he starts to get things going in Purdue which he already has with bringing in Rondale Moore. But that's why I'm interested in watching this game. I want to see Purdue. Auburn, we know what Auburn's done this year. They've been a disappointing team. A lot of people are on Gene Chizik's case, um, you know, uh, down at Auburn. So this will be a big game for them. It'll be a big game to see uh, how, how Auburn battles back from – where they are. Um, so anyway, I believe I believe this will be a very a very interesting game. I'm gonna take Purdue here. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I I I'm I'm just so into Rondell Moore. I I I I'm gonna be rooting for Purdue. My gut tells me. My gut tells me Auburn. My heart says go with Purdue. Um, another thing about Purdue, they're going to have the uh, – I forgot it, I forgot his name already, but the, 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 when Purdue played Ohio State, they had the, uh, a kid who has been diagnosed with cancer, and he's like super fan of Purdue. He's going to be out there. He's traveling with the team. He's going to be out there as a team captain. So that's something to watch for uh, in this game. But it'll be it, it'll be it'll be a good it'll be a good game. I I I do think Auburn will outlast Purdue, but I think Purdue will put up a good fight. Let's go West Virginia versus Syracuse. 
in the Camping World Bowl. You're going to uh, – the question in this game is the health of Eric Dungey. If Eric Dungey's healthy, this is a great game to watch. You, uh, you know, Syracuse is a team that likes to slow the pace of the game down. You know, they like to go fast. They like to go fast, but not at a fast pace, meaning they like to, to run up to the line of scrimmage and run their plays right from the line of scrimmage. They're not going to be huddling up that much. West Virginia, we know what West Virginia is. They are go, 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 score. You know, Will Greer, David Stills, last game, they're going to want to put on a show. I think this is going to be one of the better games of the bowl season, and it, but it all depends on how healthy Eric Dungy is, the Syracuse quarterback. Then you get to the la- the night game. This is a, a a clash of styles as well. You got Mike Leach, who you know we love the Pirate on this show. We love the Pirate. He's one of my favorite characters in college football. He's one of my favorite coaches. I it, the press conference, the the interview before, the press conferences after. I'm all in anything Mike Leach. I'm all in. Um, then you got Gardner May uh, Minshew. Uh, you got the mustache at quarterback. You, you know they're going to throw the ball around. Matt Campbell for Iowa State is a rising coach. He's going to be a guy on the on this level, on the next level. Somebody's going to come after Matt Campbell because he is such a good play caller, such a good offensive mind. Um, David Montgomery at running back. And then you've got Purdy, the quarterback. He's a freshman. Took over the team. The team has excelled since he's taken over. I I believe in him. I think this will be a great game in the Alamo Bowl. So that'll be one worth watching on Friday night. And we talked about the games on Saturday. We talked about Notre Dame. But let's get to some of the other games. Um, Florida at Michigan. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of Michigan football. We're going to talk about uh, about Harbaugh, you know how we feel about Harbaugh on this show. There's another report out there about Harbaugh and about another thing that we've talked about earlier in the year. So we'll get to all that. Um, but you know, Florida, Michigan, great matchup in the Peach Bowl. Um, I'm all for the. I'm all in on this matchup. I want to see how. Um, how Florida handles Michigan. I want to see how Michigan handles a competent offense. We saw them against Notre Dame, not handle it well. We saw them against Ohio State, not handle it well. Everybody's been telling me, Michigan's got the best defense, best defense, best defense. If you've got the best defense, you can shut down this this Florida team. You should be able to shut down. But, they haven't done it in big games, so I'm going to uh, hope that they uh, can get that done there. Okay. Let's move on to Monday. Monday, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, uh, the big matchup. The big matchup I'm looking at, New Year's Eve. There's not, there's not that much going on on New Year's Eve. I mean, usually you got some really good – Good games, good match. Cincinnati, Virginia Tech. 
not I'm not too concerned about e- either of those teams. Cincinnati, great story. Virginia Tech, not so much. Kind of a disappointing uh, way that they played this year. And, of course, the loss of Josh Jackson um, really hampers Virginia Tech. So, uh, I'm, I'm, you know... That's the that's the early one in the uh, military bowl. Stanford and Pittsburgh. If you like old school, drag it out football, smash mouth. That's your game. Stanford Pittsburgh. That's how both are going to play. I want to see how Bryce Love uh, performs in that game. And I also want, I, I I talked about this guy the first game. Arcega Whiteside has looked like a very good wide receiver. I want to see how, how uh, I want to see him, see how he's progressed during the year. Um, Cause he, he's a big target in the passing game could be uh, a coming out party for him. Michigan state against Oregon in the red box bowl. I I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that, with that matchup. Um, you know, Oregon, Oregon, we got to talk about Justin Herbert said he will forego the NFL draft. He will stay in college one more year. I don't understand this decision by Justin Herbert. Um, I'm not going to knock a guy for coming back to school, but, you know, for him, if he wanted to go and make the most, most of his opportunity, this is the time. This is the time to do it. There's no number clear number one quarterback in this draft. He would be the number one. He'd be the first quarterback taken. No doubt about it. So maybe he's making a calculated play that if I stay in school and I can I can raise my draft stock a little bit higher, I can, I can be better for the pros when I get there, but also I mean, you look at the quarterbacks that are going to be available to come out next year. Tua, Jake Fromm, um, now you add Justin Herbert to the list. Um, I mean, there, there are like three or four quarterbacks ahead of him that are already ahead of him just this year. So maybe he's thinking, all right, if I can get into that third or fourth, maybe I get drafted, you know, in the later first rounds, and I go to a better situation than I do if I get picked by Jacksonville or if I get picked by one of these teams that's going to be drafting high high up that needs a quarterback. You know, maybe he's making a calculated decision to go somewhere else to do that. Um. But I, I I don't understand him going back to school. Um, I don't think he has anything more to prove. But you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock a kid for going back to school. It's just when he comes back, that quarterback class next year is loaded, and he just adds to it. So it's it's gonna be an interesting. Um, it, it we'll see where it plays out. All right. Then we've got the Liberty Bowl with Missouri and Oklahoma State. Obviously, we love the mullet here. We we love the mullet on the show. We love Mike Gundy. Great coach. This is going to be an offensive firepower. With Herbert going to 
uh, choosing to stay in school. Drew Locke becomes probably your number one quarterback. Drew Locke and Dwayne Haskins. It's going to be a clash of styles. Uh, who do you like better? Who's got the better arm? Who's got the better this, that, and the other thing? That's going to be a debate for another time, but Drew Locke is going to be the guy that you want to pay attention to uh, in this game. So, And obviously with Mike Gundy, you know Oklahoma State's going to put up some offense. So how about Northwestern, Northwestern, at U, Northwestern against Utah in the Holiday Bowl? Uh, we mentioned this because we know Snowman in the Morning on Arena Sports Network. We know he's a big Northwestern fan, um, and the Snowman gladly puts us on his on his show when he needs a college football analyst. So we got to throw out some love for the North Northwestern Wildcats, Utah. Utah up and down season. If you watch, they've been decimated by injury. If you watch the Pac-12 championship game, um, so uh, I'll be interested in Utah to see you know who's healthy and who's not. But otherwise, in that game, I'm pretty much watching for Northwestern. Uh, we've talked about um, we've talked about their their rise this year. Clayton Thorson coming back from injury, he's got a big chance to make make uh, a name for himself in the NFL. Probably he's not going to get up to first round level. Probably could get up to a third, maybe push to a second round level uh, if he if he does some some nice things there. So I'd like to see that. Then you've got North North Carolina State against Texas A and M. Jimbo Fisher uh, taking on taking on an NC State team that played well but not great. Um, not great. Uh, Ryan Finley is another guy who you want to look at. If you're an NFL guy, you're looking at bowl games that you want to watch for, for NFL reasons. Ryan Finley is your guy that you want to get, get an eye on. Maybe he's a second, third, second or third round quarterback somewhere in there. So there we go. All right. Let's move on to uh, New Year's Day, which is always the big day. We'll save one of these games for the end. But we'll go through it. Uh, we'll go through it. We'll go through all these games. The Outback Bowl. You know we're interested in the Outback Bowl. You know who we're picking already. Just when I say these teams, if you've listened to the show, you know Mississippi State versus Iowa. You know we're going with Iowa all the way. Um, but I, lo- I, I love Nick Fitzgerald as a quarterback. Um, I love him as a college football quarterback. Um, I, I was I was high on him at the beginning of the year. They struggled. They found their way again. Mississippi State has a very good defense, but you you know this show we we stick with Iowa. We're going with Iowa all the way. Um, and for you NFL guys, the guy to watch in this game is T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end for Iowa. Tight ends are becoming the big time players in the NFL. If you're if you're gonna be a big time NFL offense, you need a tight end who can block, who can go over the middle, make plays down the field. That's T J Hawkinson. So watch for him, see what happens with him. And another guy, Nate Stanley, has has had some some good moments this year. 
He's had some good moments. He's had some bad moments. So he'll be a guy to watch out for um, in that one. We'll see is the next one for last because that's my you you know how you'll get it when I, when I tell you at the end. All right, we'll go to the Citrus Bowl, Kentucky and Penn State. Um, Benny Snell, one of the best running backs in the country. Um, Trace McSorley, one of the best quarterbacks, and he's one of those quarterbacks that's up there with Justin Herbert. You know, for next year, for next year, Trace McSorley will be um, be a guy that people will be talking. People have been talking about him for a while now, ever since he played that big game against Sam Darnold. Now, um, Trace McSorley gets a chance to showcase himself again. He seems to step up in these moments. So as long as they don't do a running play on fourth and one uh, with the game on the line and take the ball out of Trace McSorley's hands, as long as Penn State doesn't do that, I'm looking at Penn State here uh, over Kentucky. All right, then we got the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day, Washington against Ohio State. Again, the guys we want to watch, Dwayne Haskins, Miles Gaskin, um, Paris Campbell. Those are the big NFL-type guys that we want to watch. Of course, the Ohio State defensive line uh, is something you want, you want to take, keep an eye on. I think, you know, Urban Meyer's final game, what does Urban Meyer do? Is he coaching the game? Is Ryan Day coaching the game? Uh, it, those are the big stories for it. I think Ohio State wins this game, but don't sleep on Washington. Chris Peterson knows how to get his team ready for these kinds of events. Remember, back to the Boise State days of the hook and ladder, the Statue of Liberty. Chris Peterson will have something ready for this game, and you'll say, oh, my God, they just did something crazy. He'll do something crazy. I I fully expect it from Chris Peterson. That's the way it's going to go. We got this. That's the Rose Bowl. In the Sugar Bowl, we got Texas and Georgia. Georgia, I think, was one of the four best teams in the country at the end of the year. Should have been in the playoff. If your if your calculation was the four best teams, Georgia would have gotten in. They didn't. We move on. Texas is all about Sam Ellinger, the quarterback. Um, again, Texas. Everybody said, "Oh, Texas has this great defense." Well, that's going to be tested because DeAndre Swift uh, and uh, Holyfield, they're a one-two, I'm sorry to say it, but a one-two punch. You know, being, being Evander Holyfield's son, you, you kind of have to make that uh, assessment about about anytime you talk about Georgia. But that one-two punch at running back so, so key to the Georgia offense, and then you throw Jake Fromm in there, efficiency at quarterback. I, I, I got to say, that's that's why I'm saying, that's why I'm saying, uh, that's why I'm 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 going to stick with Georgia here. I think Georgia big. Um, of course, we know Texas has playmakers on offense, so they're going to put some offense on the board. With uh, I love this name, Lil Jordan Humphrey. Um, and Colin Johnson at wide receiver. They got big wide receivers, big, tall wide receivers at Texas. 
Um, they know how to get the ball down the field. Sam Ellinger can make some plays, so um, that's where we want to look for there. And, of course, I saved this one. It's early in the day, but it is the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl being played out in Arizona. This is the weirdest this is not only the weirdest thing I've ever seen, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Fiesta Bowl is taking place at 1 o'clock Eastern on New Year's Day out in Arizona. For those of you that don't know, Arizona is three hours behind. This game is taking place at like 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 10 o'clock in the morning on New Year's Day out west. And it's LSU, UCF. You know what we've said about UCF. We've been championing them all year. I love watching UCF. Um, they have up here, of course, ESPN. I'm looking at ESPN for the for the times and, and whatever the game. Players to watch. First one listed is Mackenzie Milton. Of course, we know Mackenzie Milton's not going to play because he broke his leg. Um, but you know, LSU, this is the chance for LSU show up in a, in a big spot. They can ruin everything UCF has built. All they have to do is beat UCF, UC, and, and everybody's going to go, aha, see what happened? UCF played a big team and they lost. But if UCF wins this game goes to 27-0 and 0 in the last two years and has a, you know, has another undefeated season and they get to go down to Disney World and party and say, we're undefeated, we're going to call ourselves that. I hope they claim the national championship again if they go undefeated. That's why I'm rooting for them because I want the chaos. I want everything to happen um, in the world. I want it. I want the chaos. That's what I'm going for. So um, I'm rooting for UCF, of course. We all know on the show, we know my cousin is a student at UCF. They haven't lost since she's been on campus. That's how things work. So UCF is already booked already booked to win the game because they have, they have a Dietz on the campus, and we said it when Dietz's are on the campus. They don't lose, so you can already book it, UCF, as the winners of that game. Um, and, of course, the reasons to watch all the games. So that's the college football. We've gone through all the bowl games. So let's go to the NFL. Let's move quickly to the NFL. And quite the weekend Quite the weekend it was. All the haters out there, for everybody who is out there hating on for everybody who has been hating on the Dallas Cowboys for the entire season. Oh, the the Dallas Cowboys are going the Dallas Cowboys are gonna lose they're going to have a collapse. Well, guess what? The Dallas Cowboys did not have a collapse. They won. They won the division. 
they clinched a playoff spot. They have clinched the four. They have clinched the fourth seed um, of the playoffs, and they will end up playing probably Seattle. Um, they will end up playing the Seattle Seahawks most likely, unless Seattle unless Seattle were somehow to lose, and the Vikings were to win, the Seahawks would drop to the drop to the sixth slot. The Vikings would move up. Um, so, as Cowboys fans, let's all be hoping that Seattle will lose. I I want to say I I'm not sure of this. I think Seattle is playing Arizona, so that that dream might be out the window. Which yes, they are playing uh, Arizona, so the thought of them losing is very highly unlikely, but we can all keep our fingers crossed um, for that one. So the NFC is pretty much intact. Uh, so we'll go. We'll start with the NFC because there's not much to talk about in the NFC. Uh, the Saints wrapped up home field throughout, no matter what they do. The Rams right now, the Rams and Bears are fighting for that um, for that second slot. If the Rams lose and Chicago wins, Chicago would earn that second seed, get a bye and a home game in the second round. If the Rams beat the 49ers, all of that goes away. Rams get the second seed, Chicago gets the third seed, so... Uh, and has to play wild card weekend. So it's a big, uh, you know, the the big theory is everybody, what do the Bears do? Do the Bears go out and play all out to win the game? Uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute because it's important. The Bears playing the Vikings. If the Bears beat the Vikings, the Vikings are out if Philly beats Washington. Philadelphia is still in the hunt. They need a win and a Vikings loss, and the Eagles would be that sixth seed, which is important to the Chicago Bears because that's who they are most likely to play, the sixth seed. Who do they want to play? Do they want to play the streaking Philadelphia Eagles who are the defending Super Bowl champions? Probably not. You don't – you know, if anything – that's probably the worst idea for the Bears. But I don't think the Bears are thinking that way. No NFL team thinks that way. No NFL team thinks, all right, let's go out and lose this game. You know, let's play to lose so that we can play the same team the next week. That, you know, that's not a good idea. That's never anything. That's only something for people like myself and people in in the uh, radio broadcasting uh profession that they want to talk about oh it's a good idea lose to the vikings so that you play them because you know them no it's never a good idea to lose go out play the best game you can if you lose so what you get to gear up play the vikings again if you win and you knock the vikings off so what play the eagles and, and go from there but i think the bears will approach this business like I don't think they are a team that can take their foot off the gas pedal. So those are the only 
races left in the NFC is the Eagles and the Washington Redskins. And, and that's not a gimme for people that are like, oh, the Eagles, they'll run over the Washington Redskins. That's not a gimme game. The Eagles, they have Nick Foles at quarterback. We know Nick Foles. Uh, we know what he can do after last season. So, um, But still, the Redskins division rivalry, um, you know the Redskins are, are going to, are going to want to put a feather in their cap that they are the ones that knock the Eagles out. Um, so I think, I think the, I, 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 the way I think it's going to come down is I, I think, I think the Vikings, I think the Vikings are going to beat the Bears. I think the Bears are going to play the Vikings straight up. And the Vikings, I think the Vikings are going to win this game. I'm going to ride with Kirk Cousins right now. I know it's a big game. Kirk Cousins usually folds in these situations. But I'm going to ride with the Vikings in this one. Um, I think the Vikings will win and the Eagles will win. But that will put the Vikings in the playoffs, leave the Eagles at home. I know uh, my boy Lavaza probably just jumped up and down screaming and he's probably running around his house happy because, again, I picked against the Eagles. You know, even though I picked them to win, I picked them to not make the playoffs. We know what happens when I pick against the Eagles. I did it all last last postseason, picked against them, picked against them. They win the Super Bowl. So now that I picked them to miss the playoffs, Lavaza, you can thank me later when the Eagles actually make the playoffs now because I picked against them. Let's go to the AFC, where it, it's a little bit tricky. Um, so we'll see. I got to see how much time I have. Left. Oh, I have enough time to do this. So we got a couple things about the playoffs. Before we get to the playoff standings, let's get to a situation that is going on that people are talking about, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I have an interesting take that nobody else has had on this. Uh, well, none that I have seen. I haven't seen anybody have a take on the Pittsburgh Steelers like me. So I'm going to uh, use my use my position here to make it. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I've seen I've seen every them place blame on every single person in this organization, other than the people I'm going to place the blame on. And this this team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I, the fans went nuts over over the fake punt. Oh, Mike Tomlin doesn't know what he's doing. How is he faking a punt there? What is he doing? Let's get rid of Tomlin. He can't he can't control. Mike Tomlin's not the problem. Okay, Mike Tomlin is a great coach, great motivator, great, great in the press conference, great for the organization. Mike Tomlin, if Mike Tomlin gets fired on Monday, he will have a job on Tuesday. Okay, that's how good of a coach Mike Tomlin is. It is, it is insane to think Mike Tomlin would lose his job over this Pittsburgh Steelers team. Okay, people. Then people have said, "Well, Big Ben. Big Ben has been a problem. 
Big Ben has been Big Ben. It's been the same Big Ben that he's always been. Has he turned the ball over? A little bit more, but he's always been a little prone to the turnover. A little bit uh, too big for his britches and trying to fit balls in where he shouldn't. Trying to force the ball to a guy he shouldn't be forcing it to. That's Big Ben. That's been Big Ben the whole time. Big Ben, you know, three guys trying to drag him down. Well, when guys are doing that, Big Ben's getting older. When when three guys are hanging on you, the ball squirts free. That's that's just that's just how things go. Okay? So that's where the, the, the Steelers are. Anybody who says, Oh my god, we lost to the Saints, that's what that killed us. That didn't kill you. What killed you? Losing to the Oakland Raiders. If you had beaten the Oakland Raiders, you would be in the playoffs right now. If you had beaten the Denver Broncos, you would be in the playoffs right now if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You lost games to teams that you had no business losing to. That's your problem. And why did they lose those games? I'm going to tell you right now. Nobody is talking about this. Nobody's talking about this, but I said it at the time when they said it. The offensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers set this team back at the beginning of the year. You know, people have placed like, oh, Le'Veon Bell not being here. Well, guess what? Le'Veon Bell wasn't there, and James Conner made the Pro Bowl. So I don't want to hear about, well, if we had Le'Veon Bell. And if you had Le'Veon Bell, yeah, it would have been a good good thing. You know, you would have had a good one-two punch. But you you wouldn't know that James Conner is as good as James Conner is. You wouldn't have known that if Le'Veon if Le'Veon Bell was there, he's not coming off the field unless he's injured. That's just a fact. You're not going to split time. That's just not happening. So don't so don't even get into that. You know, don't even get into it. Just let it go. But here's where they went wrong. The first people to speak out about Le'Veon Bell was the offensive line. Offensive linemen never speak out. But this Pittsburgh offensive line felt the need to speak out. Later on in the season, in a game against the Cincinnati Bengals, who they will be playing this weekend, who made the big argument? Bonte's perfect. Tried to hurt Antonio Brown. That wasn't made by anybody. It was told by the Steelers' offensive line. This offensive line that, yes, they have blocked really well. Yes, they've played really well. But here's the problem. They got way too, way too full of themselves, way too out of their lane. They were worried about everything else other than football. They were worried about talking about Le'Veon Bell's contract, talking about whether Le'Veon would be here. Oh, we don't care if Le'Veon's here. We, do, we only care about who's here. Oh, we can't believe he didn't show up. He's going to show up tomorrow. He's not here. Vontae's perfect. is a dirty player. Do your job as an offensive line. That's where this, that's where this te- whole team stems from. They, and everybody wants to talk about how mouthy um, Antonio Brown is, how mouthy Ben Roethlisberger is. This offensive line is, is mouthy. They 
talked more than any of these other guys. It's just nobody paid attention to him. And then when they did say something, people were like, wait a minute. Offensive linemen don't do this. It's a, it's a breakdown of how the entire Steelers organization is. That's why you're – that's why if, if you don't make the playoffs, that will be the reason why. Okay? The reason why will be because your team lacks focus, and it's proven by the offensive line. They're worried about everything else other than what they got to do. And it's that simple. Okay? But the Steelers can get in. Here's the only way the Steelers get in. First of all, they have to beat the Bengals. Okay? If they beat the Bengals, and then they need help from our guy, Baker Mayfield. They have to become the biggest Baker Mayfield fans in the world. Hope that Baker Mayfield can get by the Baltimore Raven defense. And I'll tell you right now, Nobody, nobody, none of those top four teams, and I'll include the Chargers, nobody in the top five, okay? Nobody wants to play the Baltimore Ravens. Why? Because they play defense. Um, I had an, I had another friend, we had another topic on here. You know, Hold on, I gotta bring I gotta bring it up because I want I want to get this right here. Uh, my my friend brought this up. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson looks really good. If you watch the Ravens games, and, and I'm not saying he's he's this kind of talent. Okay, he's more talented than the guy I'm gonna bring up. But this is the same – this Lamar Jackson mania that everybody has over the last couple of years or over the last couple of weeks, this Lamar Jackson mania, it's the same thing as Tebow mania. He's doing it the same way Tim Tebow did. What did Tim Tebow do? Run the football and make a huge pass play, make, make one or two huge pass plays. He wasn't throwing the ball all over the field. Lamar Jackson's not throwing the ball all over the field. He's making calculated passes, and then he hits that one big pass. And we saw it when he hit Mark Andrews against the Chargers. He, he hit him in stride, got him down the field, break a, breaks a tackle, he goes for a touchdown. That's That's the same thing Tebow did. Watch that season. Of Tim Tebow, I know it because I watched every, I watched every Tim Tebow thing I I could find when I was watching it because everybody was like, oh, this will never work, this will never work, and and it was working. He Tim Tebow would run, 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 hit Demarius Thomas for a big pass, hit Eric Decker for a big pass. That's the same thing that Lamar Jackson's doing, and everybody wants to. So Lamar Jackson is transforming the NFL. He's not transforming anything. Lamar Jackson needs to transform himself into a passer. But right now, this works because, A, that defense is stout. That defense can get after the quarterback. They can force guys to make uh, mistakes. And that's why the Baltimore Ravens are where they are. Now, 
Let's go back to the playoff standings. If Baltimore, Baltimore, if Baltimore wins, they're in. Win and you're in. If they lose and Pittsburgh wins, they're out. That's that's it. That's the list. Okay. So now, let's go to everywhere else in the in the AFC. The Kansas City Chiefs are Kansas City Chiefs are the most interesting team uh, right now. Why? Because Kansas City won that. Well, they play Oakland, so we're 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 all assuming, knowing Oakland this year, that the Chiefs are going to roll over the Raiders. Okay, John Gruden isn't going to roll over for anybody. John Gruden is going to coach his butt off. He's going to be scowling. I just don't think the Raiders have the talent. To beat the Chiefs. That being said, if they pull it off, the Kansas City Chiefs could go, could be one, two, they could be one, they could be the one seed if they win, they could be the two seed if they lose. If they lose and the Chargers win, they could drop all the way down to the five seed. So much pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the kind of game you wonder about, you know, Andy Reid. Andy Reid always does well regular season, always does well when the pressure is not on. Then when the pressure gets on in postseason games, Andy Reid, remember, Andy Reid's only coached in one Super Bowl. And, and and in that Super Bowl, the Eagles were the most dominant team in the NFC all year. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, the Eagles, you know, the Eagles are bad. You know, it wasn't like, oh, they, they won surprising games. They were the dominant, more dominant team, and they just dominated their way through, and then they ran into the Patriots, and we know how that ended. But. And what I, what my point is is Andy Reid does have a uh, consistency of losing these high pressure games, and if the Chiefs lose and the Chargers win, the Chargers could sneak all the way up to that top spot. Uh, to the top spot, if the Chiefs lose and the Chargers lose. Guess who gets the number one seed in the AFC? The New England Patriots. They're playing the Jets. There's no way the Patriots are going to lose to the Jets at home in Foxborough on the final game of the season. Not this Jets team. Not this Patriots team. They're gonna they're gonna get it. And and then we've got Houston playing Jacksonville. So Houston could be. I don't think Houston I don't think Houston has a shot at the number 1 seed. They have a shot at the number 2 seed if New England does lose and Houston wins. Houston gets that almighty bye week and we know Houston needs it cuz Houston has struggled to get out of the first round uh of the playoffs when they get in it. And of course, they don't, you know, they don't want to lose because if they lose to Jacksonville, Baltimore wins, 
then it becomes a toss-up of who gets into that three seed, and they, you know, they want to avoid the Chargers at all costs in the wild card round. They want to avoid the Chargers or the Chiefs, whoever falls to that fifth spot. They want to avoid them at all costs. So that's where we go from there. Now we go to Okay, we talked about we talked about Baltimore at the four seed. They could be the four seed or the Steelers. Whoever wins the AFC North is going to go to that four seed. Chargers are right now in the fifth seed. They could be they could move all the way up to the one seed, or they could or or they could stay at the fifth seed. That's their only options um, for the Chargers. So. So all right, here we go. Now, now let's get down to business. And I want to find out I think this game is in I think it's in Tennessee. Yes it is. In Tennessee. In Tennessee is the game of the week. It's been moved to Sunday night. It's it's the only game that is between two teams that the winner is in, the loser is out no matter what happens. There's no way of anything else happening. Um and this and we we only have to go back a couple weeks to Colts thrashing the Titans and um you know, we we have seen this team the Colts the Colts to me have been a very Jekyll and Hyde situation. Uh whenever I think the Colts are about to lose it, they come back in a big way. And we saw that last week. I mean they fall down to the Giants. Then the fourth quarter happens and they come all the way back to win the game. Now they've got to go into Tennessee. I love what Mike Vrabel has done with the Tennessee Titans. The big thing with Tennessee is will Marcus Mariota play? If Mariota's at quarterback, I'm going to go with the Titans here. If Mariota can't play or is limited, then I got to go to the Colts. But, you know, who's the scarier team? I think the scarier team on the field is the Indianapolis Colts. The scarier team on the sidelines is the Titans. And Mike Vrabel is a very unpredictable – he's shown himself to be unpredictable. He's kind of got that – and this is a guy who's played for Belichick, coached under uh, Bill Bradley. This is a guy – or Bill O'Brien – this is a guy who knows, who does unpredictable things. He goes for it on fourth down. He goes for two-point conversions to win games. He goes for it on fourth down in overtime. I mean, this is a guy who takes chances. And that makes that makes them exciting to watch. That That's what makes the Titans exciting. What makes the Colts exciting is Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, and that offensive line, which uh, you know, people want to people want to point to. 
oh, Saquon Barkley is the rookie of the year. Saquon Barkley is, is hands down the rookie of the year. Or, you know, they want to give it to Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold or whoever, whoever these guys are. You want to talk about actual rookie of the year? You want to talk about a guy who changed a franchise? You want to talk about the guy who changed a franchise? It's Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson went to that off went to an offensive line that was a joke. It was a laughing stock of the NFL. And Quentin Nelson has made Andrew Luck untouchable. So if you want to sit there and tell me offensive linemen don't deserve this, that, and the other, if I had a vote for Rookie of the Year, Quentin Nelson would be on my list. Yes, Saquon Barkley has done amazing things. Got you know yards, yards from scrimmage, yards rushing, you know receiving touchdowns, whatever. He didn't change the Giants. He did not change the outcome of the Giants. Quentin Nelson has changed the way we feel about the Indianapolis Colts. That's what I'm saying. That's where we need to go. If the Colts make the playoffs, people will point to Andrew Luck, and they'll say, oh, it's because of Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck has done done great. No, it's because Andrew Luck is kept upright because of that offensive line, which the biggest addition was Quentin Nelson. And and you watch him play, he mauls people. He was mauling people at the college level. He's mauling dudes at the NFL level. He's just mauling dudes. This is a guy who is hands down, hands down, rookie of the year. If if I had to vote for rookie of the year, Quentin Nelson is at the top of my list. Um, but nobody else will say that because – they don't look at offensive line numbers. They don't look at that stuff. But but that is a huge deal. You know, they revamped that offensive line, and now look where they are. They are a game away from the playoffs, and if they get in, if they get in and they're playing, you know, if they, they get in, their first-round game is going to be against the Texans. Can they beat the Texans? They just beat the Texans at, in Houston three weeks ago. So they have the con- they're going to have the confidence to go into Houston and win a game. You know, if they have to play, if they have to play New England, New England has we mentioned this last week. They have not done well when playing in the Wild Card Sunday. When they play Wild Card Sunday, New England has not done well. Uh, you know, everybody remembers the Bart Scott game, you know. And I say that because, you know, Bart Scott, who's next? You know, can't wait. That was Bart, that was the that was against the Patriots. That was the Patriots. That was after the Jets beat the Patriots in wild card in, in a wild card Sunday. They have the Patriots do not do well when they play on that wild card Sunday, and they don't do well when they, you know, when they move forward. It's just harder. To, it's harder to go on the road back to back weeks. But so, will the Colts feel that they can go into New England and win? Sure, they will feel that way. I think any team that any, you know, the Colts, any team 
the Titans will feel that way too because they will win their way into the playoffs. So they'll be going in with momentum. So that's why this game is so important. Again, I think, so the way I think it's going to turn out, I think the Chiefs will beat the Raiders. They will secure the top spot. The Patriots will beat the Jets. They will keep the second spot. Houston will beat Jacksonville. That will keep them in the third spot. I'm hesitant. I you know I love the Ravens Browns game is the biggest if answer you know is the biggest one to be like er you know what's going to happen because we don't know the 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 Browns are such an up and down team will they will they go out and ball out will they be able to stop Lamar Jackson. I think the Ravens get it done. I think it's a close game. I think it's a nail-biter game. I'll take Justin Tucker. I'll take Justin Tucker with a field goal to win it, Go to, and that secures their spot. So I'll put the Ravens at four. Chargers at five. Again, oh, it's so close between the Colts and the Titans. Titans at home. Marcus Mariota plays. I'm going with the Titans. If Marcus Mariota does not play... I'm going with the Colts. I know I'm splitting. I think he's going to play. I think Vrabel's, Vrabel's going to have something ready for the Titans. I'm going to pick the Titans to make the playoffs, so I'm going to go with the Titans over the Colts. So that's my playoff teams. Those are my playoff teams. All right, let's look at this list because this is an interesting list that I just saw, and I want to find it again. All right, let's get get out of here. You know, you know what we like to do, and Monday will be Black Monday in the NFL. We know that um, the the Monday after the regular season, people are looking for new coaches. So I got a list here of coaches who will be on the chopping block. We'll see if we agree or disagree. We've already fired some coaches this year. We'll we'll see if we agree with their list here. And the first one on the list I've got here, and we'll just check, and make sure we don't have any callers. All right. So we'll go through we'll go through this list, and then if we have time, we'll go through the quarterback list because I saw that today, and that was a fun topic. All right. Dirk Cutter in Tampa Bay. I I think Dirk Cutter. I think this will be an interesting um, uh, discussion at the end of the year. I think Tampa Bay is switching over GMs. Um, um, you know, they're sw- they they got a new GM. I think the new GM is going to want to clear house. I, if Dirk Cutter stays, it's because they put all the blame on – Jameis Winston, I think they're both tied together, and I think Dirk Cutter could be out, uh, could be out on Monday. I, I I definitely think that's that's guy on the top. Marvin Lewis, Marvin Lewis, and the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I'm hesitant just because I don't know what the Bengals. I mean, if they haven't fired him yet, I don't understand why why they keep him. I mean, it, it's crazy that he's been there this long 
so I'm gonna say uh, I'm a, I I think Mar I think Marvin Lewis is out. I think it's it's been a it's been a long run. I think they can make a move. Sean McDermott in Buffalo, they say is on the hot seat. I don't think Sean McDermott's on the hot seat. Um I think after last year making the playoffs and this year having a rookie quarterback, having your quarterback go down as much as he did, I don't think Sean McDermott um I don't think he'll get I think he'll end up getting another year for this. So I I I I don't think they'll be quick to pull the trigger on Sean McDermott. So I I do I think he'll stay. Well, obviously this is an old list because the fourth guy has already been fired. So we're not even going to get into Hugh Jackson. He's already been fired. So let's go. Let's keep going down the list here. And here's an interesting one. Vance Joseph in Denver. Um, You know, John Elway. This, right now, this is the first time since 1972 that the Broncos have had back-to-back losing seasons. I, I, for an organization, I don't think that they can... uh, that they will, will sustain that, and I think John, I think Vance Joseph will take the fall for that. So I do think he will be out. Um, I do think he will be out at the end of the season. This is obviously an old list because Mike Vrabel is not getting fired at Tennessee. Um, Especially if what I think happens and they make the playoffs. Especially since they just fired their head coach last year after making the second round of the playoffs. I don't think they will. um, I don't think they will fire him there. Um, Todd Bowles, and finally we get to Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, we have already discussed. We fired him a few weeks ago. I told you, and that's that's where I want to go with this new information. The Jets, the Jets are planning on making an offer to Jim Harbaugh of Michigan, an offer that he cannot refuse. I wouldn't have a problem with that with the Jets. Um, I think there are better choices out there than Jim Harbaugh that you wouldn't have to make an offer that he can't refuse. You wouldn't have to go all in. But if the Jets want to do that, go. I say go right ahead. I mean, if you want to get a guy in there who can coach up a quarterback, knows offense, knows how the NFL works, but it would take a substantial amount of money, a, a, a substantial amount of power in that organization to pull Jim Harbaugh from Michigan I don't see I don't see Harbaugh making that move. However, I do think the Jets are going to get rid of Todd Bowles. I've said this. Todd Bowles. It's not that Todd Bowles is a bad coach. It's not that his record. It's that Sam Darnold has not gotten better at all this year. And that's what I think is 
going on. All right, so that's some of the coaches. I'm not going to keep going down this list. Uh, an interesting topic of conversation. We've had this. We've had this conversation before about Jay Gruden. I don't think Jay Gruden um, will take the fall for this Redskins season. I mean, he had his team primed and ready, and Alex Smith broke his leg in a freak accident. You know, it was a freak injury. This team was not ready for that kind of an injury to happen to Alex Smith. They were banking on Alex Smith, and that's what that's what happened. So I, I don't think you can drop the sword on Jay Gruden at this point. However, I, you know, I've I said it last year. If they were going to fire Jay Gruden, they would have done it last year. This year. I don't think they can give him I, – I think he's got the cover of saying, hey, look, we were in first place in our division. We were right there, and our guy broke his leg. You know, I had to go with the backup quarterback, and then my backup quarterback gets hurt. And we had to go with Mark Sanchez for a game. And we had to go all the way down to Josh Johnson, who hadn't thrown a pass, I think, in like five years. I mean, the, you, you just – you can't go – I don't think you can throw all this on Jay Gruden at this point. Um, do I think Jay Gruden is worth going forward with? No. I, I, I told you I would have got rid of him last year. But you you stayed with him. I don't think you can put this one on this season on his head unless you've got something else in mind. And, you know, maybe – maybe, uh, Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder's always got something going on over there. Maybe you make a play for a Mike McCarthy. Um, you make a play for one of these guys that gets that gets fired that inexplicably gets fired. I mean, you could go to a lot of a, a, a lot of those scenarios where a guy out there. I think the hottest candidate out there for any of these teams, is going to be Mike McCarthy. And that was my theory with the Jets. I thought maybe the Jets will go out and get Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy is an offensive guy. He can get Sam Darnold to a better position. He can coach up the quarterback position. I think he would be a good fit for the Jets. That's who I would make the play for if I'm the New York Jets. Um, And that's really who I would make the play for if I'm any of these teams. If I'm any of these teams that I want to get a head coach who can make a run. Well, who's out there? Who's out there that can that can get me to the next level? That's my guy. My guy is Mike McCarthy at the NFL level. If I want to go down to college level, obviously I'm going to make a play for Lincoln Riley, an Urban Meyer, a um uh I I, I said I said this. I mean, if if you want to get in, strike strike before the iron's hot, if you want to get in there now, you can go out there and get Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell at Iowa State, um, is he ready for the NFL? I don't think so. Obviously, you go out Stanford. David Shaw has always been an uh, an NFL-ready guy. Uh, 
you know, we love we love Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. I don't think he's going to leave, but he's always been on the NFL um, pedigree for a while. So these are some of the college guys that can um, take up some of those spots. All right, so we've got a little bit of time. Let's go through. Uh, they did an interesting thing on NFL Live today where they talked about teams with quarterbacks and whether they should keep them or let them go. And I'm going to start with the first one, which is the first one they did, which is the New York Giants. Everybody is going to, everybody's up and on. Oh my God, how can they keep Eli? They need to draft Eli's successor. Hold the phone. On the record on this, the Giants' biggest mistake would be to draft Eli's successor in this first round. Unless they trade unless they trade back, you know, trade back, get a Drew Locke, trade back, get get Dwayne Haskins. If you're taking Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins anywhere above the you know, I, I would say right now, just off the top of my head, without going through all the picks and everybody if you're taking those guys anywhere above the top 15, you're crazy. You're crazy. Unless you think you are a quarterback away. If you think you're a quarterback away from being a championship caliber team, then you go out you take those, and you take those guys, you bring them in, you say, it's your team, you can run it. I don't think that's the answer for the Giants. I don't think the Giants are a quarterback away. They have too many needs to fill to go that route. So I think you bring Eli back. Look, if, if if Eli has a disastrous season, you got him right off into the sunset. Goodbye, Eli. And the Giants are in prime position to get somebody at the top of next year's draft, whether it's Tua, Jake Fromm, Justin Herbert. Any of those guys are better than the class of quarterback they have this year. So... That's the theory I'm going on. I would keep Eli, move on. I would keep Eli and look look for in the draft next year, I would look to upgrade every other all the other holes that the Giants have. All right, interesting guy that they had was um I'm just looking for the team. Another interesting guy they had was was they had Jameis Winston on the list. I've already said this. If Dirk Cutter's gone, Jameis Winston's gone. That I mean, it, it might not even be that much. If Dirk Cutter stays, Jameis Winston gone. I think Jameis Winston's gone. I, I, if I'm Tampa Bay, I would not bring him back. I would move on from him. Try to get somebody else. Again, I said this when my friend Kevin asked about how to fix the Redskins. I said. Your best bet is to go out and get a short-term quarterback. Get a veteran guy who you can get on a short-term deal. One of these guys who leaves. If the Giants decide to part with Eli, why wouldn't you make a? I mean, you would. I would make a run at Eli. At Eli. At Andy Dalton. At Joe Flacco. Um, I've talked about guys like Tyrod Taylor. Um, the kid, the backup in in Indianapolis, uh, 
His name his name is escaping me, but you know he played with the Patriots. Then he goes over, filled in for Andrew Luck last year. That you know he's you got that you, you got that guy there. You got you got a, a plethora of guys. Where there Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know you've got a plethora of guys that you can get to fill in for two to three years. You know Nick Foles right now. I just had a conversation with my buddy Steve about the Eagles. If if Nick Foles is looking for a starting job, I would go out. I would get Nick. I would get Nick Foles if I had a starting quarterback opening. So there are going to be guys available. You don't have to say, "Well, we have to keep our guy or draft a guy." You can go out and get somebody. And I think that's where Tampa Bay is right now. Um, let's go. Uh, let's go with other options here in. Uh, In Jacksonville, Jacksonville, we know Blaine Gabbert, uh, not Blaine Gabbert, um, Blake Bortles is, is Blake Bortles is going to start this last game. He's out. Cody Kessler's out. There's going to be an opening in Jacksonville, Cincinnati. I, I I just told you, if Marvin Lewis goes, do you keep Andy Dalton? If he wants to play for a one or two year contract, sure. But I wouldn't keep him anywhere longer than that. I mean, it depends on on his contract. I haven't looked at it, but if he's if he, you have to re-sign him, you let him walk. If you want to keep him for one more year, give one more hurrah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Andy Dalton for one or two more years on any team. Um, if you do that, Ryan Tannehill in Miami. That's an interesting discussion. I I think the Ryan Tannehill experiment is over. Um, he's just he he's just doesn't he's not on the field enough. You can say he's talented enough, but he's just not. You know, but you could say his his talents there, but he's just injured. You know, he he hasn't played a full season in the last three years. It you can't impress people if you're not on the field, and. I think Miami has to move on. They have to figure something out. And like I said, figure it out from there. And then um, um, yeah, we can go from there. So, all right. So we don't have much time left in the show. Um, you know, we'll get into quarterbacks and all that as we get down the road. Of course, Nick. Of course, this weekend we got all the NFL. We got this week coming up. We went over all the college football. We got college football coming up. The playoffs on Saturday, New Year's Day. We'll recap it all next week. We'll uh, we'll set you up for the national championship game. Um, for whoever whoever wins, we'll break it all down. We'll have all that. We'll break down the playoffs in the NFL. So a lot to do next week. And, of course, we take your phone calls and your emails, and we'll, we'll get all that going. All right. So enjoy the games. Everybody have a happy new year, and we'll see you next, we'll see you next time in the, in the first show of 2019 next week. We'll see you later, guys. Have a good one. Enjoy the games.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.